Welcome back to another Edge God In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge God In to your mind, your will, and those crazy emotions. Our mission statement at Edge God In is to champion your human potential in Christ. We're linked to the Emotional Intelligence in Christ Project. You can find out more information on that. We have a book, a course, a six-week study guide, workshops, and all kinds of fun stuff at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. We're also offering a 50% discount on our course, Spring Into Learning. And at checkout, simply use the code EIC 2023. EIC 2023. Again, you can visit emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Welcome to today's podcast, which will be posted at edgegodin.com. That is our main hub for all of the podcasts. And you'll also be able to download a one sheet to capture your learnings. Some people will. Um, have put together small groups and they use the one sheet to capture the learnings to facilitate conversation based on the topics at hand. All of our topics are are coming from earth school. Those things that bump us, those things that hold us back from experiencing the grace and power of God through Christ dwelling within us. And those things that truly we hold inside the castle as I'll often speak about those areas that we think about quite a bit that rob us from experiencing the joy of and the thrill of living the surrendered life. One of our foundational verses at Edge God In comes from Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not allow yourself to be burdened by the yoke of slavery. Many times those negative thoughts, the inner critic, and those strong negative emotions keep us imprisoned in the yoke of slavery. And as I often say, it is a job for Jesus. The definition of emotional intelligence in Christ is the activation of the Holy Spirit within us, the wakefulness, the attentiveness of the Holy Spirit within us to help us. It is a job for Jesus, my friends, discern and manage our emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God. Today's topic is entitled Self-Sufficiency. How is the I-can-do-it mentality working for you? Our learning objective at the end of today's podcast is simply this, that you will be able to explore two specific areas of pride that block God's ability to act. Several weeks ago, we did a podcast entitled One Thing God Hates. If you haven't listened to that one, this is kind of a of a, uh, a continuation of that conversation, One Thing God Hates. And it's focusing in on two specific areas that will block us and do block us from God's ability to act in our lives, right? I can do it. <laughs> I've got three young grandchildren now, three uh, three young girls, uh, one just born a couple weeks ago, uh, one that is about one and a half, almost two in August, and a four-year-old. One of the things that I've noticed the younger children are is 
that independence, that statement of, no, I've got it. I can do it. Let me do it. Me do it. <laughs> and I often think about us as grown adults in our big adult earth suits, how many times we have that same mentality. No, God, I've got this. I've got this. We might not say it consciously, but our behavior and our actions and our priorities in terms of what we focus on, what we're thinking about, what we act on is flowing from that same two-year-old type mentality. Me do it. <laughs> and anytime that we allow that to take center stage, God will say, go for it. So how many times in your life, or perhaps you're going through one of those times, where you've got that stubborn streak inside saying, no, I've got this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to muscle through with my own efforts. So we're going to have a little conversation about that. And how is that working for you today. Sweet Jesus, we just thank you that you are thinking about us today. If you were to cease to think of us, we would cease to exist. We know that to be true. We also know that the flesh is 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 very strong sometimes. It's it's basically smoke and mirrors, Lord. And we get hijacked by it. And we we give our flesh permission to guide our spirit. Things do not go well in that space. We might be able to, to muscle our way upstream for a bit. Then we get exhausted. We become overwhelmed. Um, we, we truly lose our strength and our ability and our wisdom. And it dwindles pretty quickly when we're relying on our own efforts. So help us to lean into the scriptures today, to learn from St. Paul, to learn from, from the, the, um, the divine inspiration of your holy word within us that you didn't create us to do this life by ourselves. In fact, you want to be Lord of our lives, of our thoughts, of our actions, of our deeds, and what we're motivated to do. We have been put to death with you on the cross, Lord, and we forget that. Help us, Jesus, as your children. Father God, help us to be able to begin again today so that we could be lighter versions of ourselves because we are relying on the Holy Spirit within us to accomplish those things you desire for us to accomplish for your glory. Two things we know and we commit ourselves to moving forward today. Give us the grace and the desire to pull in the Holy Scriptures into our lives more today than yesterday. Give us also the grace dear God, to be able to give you more authority than any other voice in our lives, including our own, particularly our own, because we get so hijacked by what we think, what we want, what we need. Help us to begin again. And thank you for walking this walk with us. In your most precious name, we pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first area of pride that we're going to look at. And again, this comes from the same source that we used when we recorded the one thing God hates, one thing God hates. You can access that at edgegodin.com. 50 Fruits of Pride by Brent Detweller. This is nine and 10. We're just taking a closer look at nine and 10 today. Self-sufficiency. Just because we can, my friends, doesn't mean we should. Oftentimes, God blesses us with certain gifts and talents, and we get really comfortable relying on our own efforts. It's like watching a, a three-year-old trying to tie their shoes. No, 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 I've got it. I've got it. I can do it. And if you're a good grandparent or parent, you just kind of let them fumble about until they look up with frustration. I need help. 
How often do we do that in our lives? We fumble about trying to do a task or complete tasks by our own effort. How's that working for you today? Perhaps you feel like you've been swimming upstream or rowing upstream. And the first mile, you know, if you're in really good shape, you're like, oh, this is not too bad. There's there's not much of a current coming downstream. But then the current of life increases and the rowing becomes harder. And you start to breathe heavily and your muscles start to ache and you slow down. And perhaps you get to the end of yourself and say, I can't do this anymore. That's when the power of God kicks in most dramatically, when we come to the end of ourselves. I had a conversation about a year and a half ago with someone who was an atheist. And they were curious about my story of going through advanced cancer and divorce at the same time. So I shared my testimony with that and mentioned I couldn't have done it without the strength of God within me. I know that to be true. I wouldn't be standing here in front of you today if it weren't for the grace of God within me to get through those five years of treatment and walking through a divorce at the same time with my three young children, 8, 10, and 12. There is no way I could have done that. And I know it was by the grace of God because I came to the end of myself many times and I was never left empty-handed every time I turned back and said, I can't do this. And God gently, kindly, and lovingly would say, I know, and I can. So what is that for you today, listener? Perhaps it's something that's going on in your life and only you know that you're at the end of your rope. And you can't do it anymore by your own efforts. And God allow, allows us to get to that point. Hopefully, the older we get, and, and I'm 55 now, and, and the older I'm, I'm, I am, and by God's grace, I was only supposed to live five years, I'm still here, three to five years, grateful for every day. I'm learning the more I don't know, and the more... I really can't do what I feel God's calling me to do without the grace of God within me to do it. <laughs> His grace is sufficient. His power is made perfect in our weakness, my friends. And so it's coming back to those truths that found in Matthew 4.4, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's the one thing for our victory is immersing ourselves in scripture. If you haven't gotten hooked on scripture, start with the gospel of John or first John. Before you read, simply ask the Holy Spirit, what's for me today to strengthen me from the inside out so that I can continue to do what you want me to do? The second invitation is to do everything that you're doing for the glory of God, working for God, not man, not for you. Anytime that we feel that we're working for us, ourselves, that's when anxiety will creep in. And that's the second fruit of pride that we're going to discuss today. Anxiety and self-sufficiency walk hand in hand, in case you haven't realized that. When you rely on your own efforts, your own strengths, your own gifts, your own talents, you might be able to coast pretty far, but then you come to the end of yourself because the current of life becomes so strong. So as I was in this conversation with this person who happened to be an atheist and not believe in God, he simply said to me after I, I gave my testimony on, on God's faithfulness in the midst of suffering, um, he said, you know, 
I hear what you're saying, but don't you think you could have done it all on your own effort? Again, he was questioning that. And I said, absolutely not. There's no way. I came to the end of myself. I was bald. I was breathless. I had no energy. I had max amount of chemo, max radiation, 14 surgeries, third degree burns on my chest. They had to graft my back onto my front. There's no way. It's evidence that demands a verdict because I came to myself, the end of myself. I also came to the end of my life. My heart stopped two different times, had an experience of popping out of my body and coming back in and experiencing the profound love of God who caught me when I flipped out of my earth suit and then came back in. Happened two times, one time during a MRSA staph infection um, where my body was septic and the other time during a, um, a routine test of the heart. And I dropped and it was code blue and they revived me. I came to the end of myself and God was there. God is there for you today, my friend. There is nothing that you're going through right now that the strength of God within you can't give you the grace to handle successfully. I speak that with full conviction. So this particular person, after I, again, reinforced the fact that now it was God. And he goes, well, don't you think you can just go through life by your own efforts and, and own strength? And, and then I thought for a minute, I thought, okay, God, what, what do you want me to say here? Because I don't think it's, it's landing. So what do you want me to say? Is there anything that, that I can say to be helpful for this person who's seeking right now? And so I let the silence kind of do the heavy lifting for a bit. And then, this, this, then the Holy Spirit moved me, prompted me to say this. Yes, I do believe that that's possible. And then he kind of looked at me like, really? Well, then I'm, you know, I'm justified in not believing in God. I can do it myself. I don't need God. And then the Holy Spirit revealed the second part of that statement. Yes, I do believe that it's possible to do it on your own until you can't, until you come to the end of yourself. And there will be a time whether it's on your deathbed or during a difficult difficult time of suffering and hardship, that you will come to the end of yourself. And self-sufficiency will no longer serve you. Then where do you go? And there was silence. And I simply said, please remember this as you're going on your journey. So for you, dear listener, how is self-sufficiency working for you in your life? Where are you today when it comes to relying on your own efforts? Are you being self-sufficient in the way you live? Are you aware that if God were to cease to think of us, we would cease to exist. Our every breath is dependent upon the will of God. Or are you going through a season in life when things are working out for you? And it's very easy to be very, very careful when things are working out for you and things are going your way. Because we have the tendency to think, oh, it's my strength and my wisdom, my ability to live and manage my own life. And it's kind of a subtle, mm, kind of a subtle detour, right? I've got this. 
Let me do this. I'm doing it. Therefore, we kind of get lax on our spiritual disciplines. I don't really need to pray as much. It's amazing what happens. There's a there's a podcast series on edgegodin.com called Don't Waste Your Suffering. What starts to happen in the midst of suffering, no shocker here, God uses suffering for mighty work in our lives and the lives of those people around us. Because not only does it work for you, there's so many times when I was suffering profoundly, and perhaps you've experienced this as well. The Holy Spirit said very clearly, this is not just for you. So perhaps that's a message or a reminder for you today, dear listener. Your suffering is not just for you. Whatever it is you're going through today, ask God, how do you want to use this for greater good? Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those who love God, trust in him, submit to him, and rely on his strength within them. So flip it into the lap of Jesus, my friend. This is a job for Jesus. Overcoming ourself is a job for Jesus on a daily basis. Can we think less about ourselves, what we want, what we think, what we need, me, myself, and I? Can we think less about ourselves today than yesterday? It's a job for Jesus. It's John the Baptist's prayer. More, I must decrease so that he can increase. Dear God, help us to decrease so that you can increase. So remember, the one who calls us is faithful, and he will do whatever he's calling us to do. When we find ourselves anxious and frustrated, chances are we have been walking in self-sufficiency. The next time you feel anxious or frustrated, simply pause and ask yourself the coaching question. What attachment do I have that I'm relying on my own efforts to achieve? What is it? I want this to work out, so I'm going to bust it and make this happen. And then if it's not happening in the speed at which you want it to happen, then anxiety is going to slither in that little slippery serpent and come in and, and take up free rent between your two ears. And we'll get anxious about our future. We'll get ang- There's two things that keep people up at night, by the way. One is worrying about how things are going to turn out. Two, wondering why things happened as they did. Anxious about the past, anxious about the future. In that space, we tend, it's a, it's a trust crisis. We tend not to trust God. And we're relying on our own efforts, self-sufficiency. We're not abiding in his transcendent peace in our soul. And therefore, our sleep is disrupted because we have fearful thoughts and burdens that we're carrying in our mind and giving free rent to. Psalm 4.8 says, I will lie down in peace for you alone make me dwell in safety. Philippians 4.6-7 through 7 says, do not be anxious about anything. But pray about everything, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. First Peter 5, 6 through 7. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand, and he will lift you up. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. So again, when we're anxious, that means that we've already passed through 
It's like poop through a goose, as my grandfather would say. It happens literally lickety split. When we're in self-sufficiency, shazam, anxiety will come at some point when we've come to the end of ourselves or things aren't working as quickly as we want it to, to work. And God gives us, it's almost like a, a built-in alarm system. When anxiety starts to crash the scene and we start creating a story about our future that hasn't taken place, just know that we've been camping on self-sufficiency. Let me do it. I can do it by our own strength, ability, and wisdom. We will be managing our lives. And then anxiety increases when we are in that space. Jesus is such a, a, a humble servant, continually humble servant within our lives. And he's a gentleman as well. And so he'll simply say, excuse me, are you done yet? Ready to come back? It's the prodigal son story again and again. Go ahead. Take your inheritance. Take, take all your gifts and talents. Go out there. Have at it. Free will. And I'll be waiting here when you're ready to come back. And it's when we have that anxiety that gets too much that we realize, okay, I can't do this. And God's like, you're right. And I can. So let's go. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy burdened. Take my yoke upon you. Be yoked to me, for my burden is easy. My yoke is light, and we've got work to do. You're my handiwork. You're created in me to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for you to do. So let's do this together, because I never ask you to do that. And that's why you're all stressed out. You decided to do that. You decided to go in that direction, and I let you go. So come back. Sit with me. Learn from me through the power of the scriptures within you. Seek discernment. And then you'll hear that still small voice behind you saying, no, 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 not that way. That's why you're anxious. Anything I call you to, you will have profound peace. And guess what? I will give you everything you need to be successful in it. Because I pay for anything I order. And so we have the opportunity today, my friends, to begin again and to allow God to work within us, both to will and to act according to his good purposes, rather than us working in ourselves, the self-sufficiency, hey, I've got it. And coming back to John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branch. Remain in the branch. Apart from me, you can do nothing, but with me, all things are possible. Or 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. And these will all be listed at edgegodin.com under today's podcast. To keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn, Paul says, in my flesh. He asked God three times in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 to remove this thorn, but God's response to him was very interesting. He said, no. This thorn is, serves a, a purpose greater than you. Because it reminds you that my grace is sufficient, that my power is made perfect in your weaknesses. That's where God can do his mighty work, my friends. Anytime I came to the end of myself, and there were many times during those five years of treatment, recently I came to the end of myself. My husband had a heart attack. He lost his job. Again, hit my knees, 
I've got nothing. You have everything. You guide us. Help us to forgive first and foremost, because it was not a not a, a kind situation in terms of his release from his job two two weeks after the heart attack. So give us love, and help us to trust. Anytime we have anxiety, my friends, again, it is an indication that we are relying on our own efforts to accomplish something that we want to accomplish that's not happening the way we want it to happen. Remember the phrases too, and I'm going to flip in my big fat Bible that is missing a couple books because my dog got a hold of it here. Isaiah 14, remember the words of, of Satan, how, fall, how far you have fallen. Um, you've fallen so far. It talks about in verse 12. And the words of Satan were all I, me, my, right? This is good. This is coming back to the I, me, my. You said in your heart, I will descend, ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. And God's response, of course, was, uh, but you were brought down to the grave, to the depths of the pit. That's God's response. Because pride goes before fall. Self-sufficiency is a fruit of pride, my friends. Do not touch. Do not taste. Come back. If you have anxiety, also come back and check in. Do a check-in. Is this what you want me to do? Because many times when we complain and, and we're upset and we're frustrated, we're fearful, I can't tell you how many times I've heard God say to me, I never ask you to do that, Lauren. And it's been a shocker to me. My ego led me into things. My self-sufficiency. Well, I thought just because of this, this, and this, that this is what I should do next. Did you pause and ask if this is what is according to my will for your life? In Philippians chapter 3, it's known as put no confidence in the flesh chapter. And, and Paul goes on to say, he basically lays out his credentials here. But he, but he starts to say, if anyone thinks you have confidence in the flesh, I have so much more. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews regarding the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic, righteousness, faultless. Basically, he's saying, hey, I was at the top of my game, secularly speaking, in the world that I was existing in, apart from God relying on my own efforts, Right? And perhaps that's you today. Perhaps you've done pretty well. Perhaps you've, you know, you got, you've, you've pursued certain educational achievements or um, certain professional achievements or uh, physical achievements. And so it's pretty easy to say, or, or, or success in different areas of your life. It's pretty easy to say, well, yeah, you know, I've, I've done pretty well for myself. And that's what, that's what Satan wants us to, to think. You know, that's that that's that self-focus on self-sufficiency. I've got it from here. It's the very thing that caused Satan to fall from heaven. So Paul is saying here, whatever was to my profit, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more? I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them rubbish. Think about that thought for a moment. Can you 
consider all your earthly accolades, all your accomplishments rubbish compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is what this is where Paul got to. And, and this was this is the thrill of surrender, my friends, because when you realize you're working for God, not man, then guess what? The insults of those who insult you have fallen on Jesus. Guess what? If things don't work out this way because God's called you to do that, it's okay. He'll give you the grace to handle it, and you'll keep moving, just as he did all the apostles and followers and continues to do for us today. When we know that we're doing everything we do for, for God's glory and not ours, that's when we get confused. Oh, I thought this was for my glory. We get our feelings hurt. They overlooked me. They didn't announce my name. They didn't include me in the email. That's when the, that's when the anxiety starts slithering in. Can you imagine if we woke up tomorrow and we only had one attachment? To glorify God, our hearts to God. It's all for you, God. All for you, not for me. So perhaps this is kind of a gift stop for you today. To get off the stage of self-sufficiency and the anxiety that goes with it. And to invite the Holy Spirit to show you what you're clinging to in your flesh. Asking the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom to really be able to step into what Paul is saying here in Philippians chapter 3. I consider Christ, everything lost compared to knowing Christ, to be found in him and having a righteousness. Not of my own, but comes through, through faith in Christ. I want to know Christ and the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him to death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead. And then he goes on to say, not that I've already obtained all this. I'm not there yet, but this is what I want. Or that I've already been made perfect. But this is one thing I do. And perhaps this is a message for you today, my friends. I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus have ta has taken hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I strain toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'm done with holding on to the shiny objects, the trinkets. A trinket is something that, that might be shiny, but has no value. And the things that I thought I needed in order to feel important or valued in this world, I am done. I want you alone, Lord. So I want to forget everything in my past today. And I want to press on toward the goal to win the prize. that you have called me toward in Christ Jesus. I consider everything rubbish compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing you. So my friends, moving forward in this week, let us practice pruning for growth, inviting the Holy Spirit to show us those things that are coming from self-sufficiency in our life. Do you want me to do this? And perhaps even resurrecting. If you if you started that practice, we suggested in a couple podcasts ago of mini retreats, right? Before you before you do anything to pause, again, immerse yourself in the scriptures and do everything for the glory of God. Dear God, I want to do this next hour of my life for your glory. So show me what that's going to look like, how you want me to show up, remind my face that you adore me so that I can draw people closer to you, because that's why my heart beats, dear God. You have saved me for yourself. 
to accomplish your mighty works in me for the sake of salvation of souls. I don't want to miss out on that today. So you must increase, I must decrease. So in this next conversation I'll have next hour, I commit to you my words, my face, my body language. Only 7% of what I say, Lord, is the words I use. And I trust that you'll give me the words to say. Because whatever you call me to, you promise to do it through me. So I trust, dear God, in your ability to accomplish your mighty work in and through me today for your glory. Because you've got plans for me. And and by the way, if there are any plans that I'm doing right now that you don't want me to do because it's not your will for my life, please make that obvious to me, God. Because I don't want to do what you don't want me to do, because I know that will end in anxiety. I will, I will be worn out and overwhelmed. My strength, ability, and wisdom to live and manage my life will come to nothing if I don't rely on you for guidance and direction in my life. Have your way with me, Lord, in spite of myself for your glory and your purposes. And I invite you in to be the Lord of my life. Even those areas that I have taken back, even though I surrendered, I took them back. I surrender them back to you today. My mind, my will, my emotions, my motivations behind what I do, what I do, I surrender it all to you. Be the Lord of my life and transform me from the inside out for your purposes, sweet Jesus. You're everything I need. I lack nothing with you, and I consider everything rubbish compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing you as my Lord and Savior. So have your way, Lord. More of you, less of me. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Enjoy reflecting on the scriptures associated with self-sufficiency and anxiety today. They'll be listed at edgegotin.com under the name of today's podcast, which is self-sufficiency. How is the I can do it mentality working for you? Take forward what the Holy Spirit has for you today. Perhaps I said something in the beginning or in the middle. You want to listen to this again. Lean in, my friends. This is a powerful topic. And it's one that offers tremendous freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Come back. Begin again. And and invite the Holy Spirit to give you eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to respond to God's will for your life. Let go and let God. Give him heaven out there. There's enough of the dark side going on. Outshine the darkness, my friends. I look forward to our next podcast. God bless you today.